all anybody you ever meet ever wants out of any and all interactions is to feel worthy of love, belonging, and connection. I didn't come up with this. Brene Brown has done a ton of research on this, so science backs it up. This is what every single one of us wants. And you think if we really internalize that, we would use that as our driving force in every single day, in every single interaction that we have. And I don't think that we do. I think that we get so caught up in our jobs, in our daily tasks, in our to-do lists, that we use them as a means to an end. But in reality, everyone on the other side of your job or your to-do list are human beings, right? Everything you do in your day, you're interacting with another human being who's asking you, do I belong? Am I worthy of love and connection? And so every single day, in every single little interaction, you have the opportunity to say yes. And that doesn't mean that they're saying, do I belong? And you're saying, yes, you belong. You're worthy, you're loved. That's not what happens, right? We know this. What happens is you go to the grocery store and you're buying all your groceries, you're in a rush to get home and maybe you're in such a rush that you don't even look the the person that's checking you out in the eye. Maybe the person that's begging your groceries, you don't even you don't even validate that they're there. It seems small. It seems insignificant, you know, like whatever. They're used to it. That that's their job. Whatever you you can say to yourself, but When I was working at Whole Foods and I was the person on the other side of that interaction, I was like astounded. I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is what people are doing every single day in majority of their lives. Unless you're making a point to stop and be present and bring that quality of awareness to your daily tasks, you're not. You're you're just on autopilot. And I think autopilot is the enemy of presence, is the enemy of belonging, connection, love, joy, all the things that we want. Autopilot is the enemy. And I would say that most of us are on autopilot majority of our day. Unless you encounter something in your day that you've never done before, which happens, but it's not a lot, right? Most of us have, we go to the same job every single day. We have the same routine in the morning. We wash our face, we shower, we work out, we go to our job, we make a smoothie, we make our lunch, we go to our job, we interact with the same people, we, we know the tasks that we're you know, designated to do, we know the people that we work with, then we drive home. We take the same drive home, so we, we, we know how, we could do that with our eyes closed. Um, we get home, we, we make dinner, we say hi to the people we love, and then we put them to bed, and then we go to bed, and then we repeat it all, and, and there's really not a whole lot that happens that is new or out of the ordinary. And so the only time that you don't have to like really consciously um, come into the present moment is, is usually when something is new because your mind can't go on autopilot because it's like, well, we've never done this before, so therefore we need everyone on board in order to get through this experience. But once you've done it once or twice, 
your mind will it will store that information and it's it's useful in a lot of interactions right it's 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 useful in some some ways of life but not we use it way too often right we take the quality out of our interactions and our whole entire life when we choose to be on autopilot and not experience what's happening right in front of us even if we've experienced it before and so i always talk about this and i always talk about you know having those trigger moments where like in the shower i use that as a as a moment of presence i'm showering almost every day um and so feeling the soap through my fingertips smelling the soap feeling my hair giving myself a scalp massage feeling my hands run down my body the water run down my body like getting fully present in that experience allows me to be fully present um your body and your breath are two direct paths to the present moment and so i think that what i'm trying to get at here is that you don't have to be this grandiose super expressive super extroverted person to send love worthiness and belonging to another human being all you have to do is be present all you have to do is be at the grocery store get to the checkout line look that person in the eye and be there be fully there start a conversation that isn't how are you good how are you good <laughs> that's it you guys you don't even understand how many times i said those lines in whole foods in one day of work like that was most of it but it's also cool because i know there's a lot of like mindful people that come to whole foods and so i would get these these anomalies and it was life-giving. I could I know this sounds weird, but I could feel myself and my energy and their energy shift just based off of this one tiny little interaction. And the only difference was is they came to the checkout line. They weren't in a rush. That was the first thing. I could tell that they were just they were perfectly fine being right where they were. And they looked me in the eye. They asked me questions that weren't how are you maybe that's how it started but they went further and they you know wanted to know more about who i was and i'm not saying you have to go to the person's childhood and you know know everything about them it that's not what i'm saying here it's it's just a little bit more it's not a whole lot more but it's a little bit more to just show that person hey i know you're human i am human too and i by giving you my presence, I am respecting you. I am telling you that you're worthy of my time, you're worthy of my attention, you're worthy of you belong. You like this connection is maybe really small, but it's also these little small connections that build up over time to our entire lives. You know what I mean? Like for that person that's checking you out every single day, that's their whole day, right? And so then that's every day and then every week and then every month and then every year is a buildup of those little interactions that are having. So if every single one of us met that person on the other side of the counter with presence, you would think that they would go home and be like, wow, I feel amazing. I am loved. I am worthy. I belong. I have connections. I feel good. But if every single day 
that person is being dismissed and not even giving eye contact and having the same autopilot interaction every single day that person's saying how are you how are you good how are you good and then nothing else and they don't even look you in the eye and you can tell they're not there like my pet peeve is when I am with someone and I can tell that they're not there and again I don't judge I give compassion I know that oftentimes that's a coping mechanism and I'm all for it you know it's, it's okay it's part of the process but if we could all just be there be actually there for not just our friends and family but the people we interact with every single day I think the whole fucking world would change right if we weren't just in such a rush to get through our day we would actually get to the things that we're trying to rush to get to it's like this whole ironic thing it's like so funny to me because we're all running as fast as we can to get somewhere right we're, we're trying to work our job as hard as we can to get to the next level we're trying to you know all these different things we're trying to get to the through the grocery store to get home to cook the meal to get the, ki the kids fed and then put them to bed and then wake up the next morning and it's like but that's your life that's literally your life that you're rushing through you're gonna get to the end of your life and you're gonna be like wait I didn't even live it I forgot to live it I was just on autopilot I was just going through the motions right I think I guess what I want you to get out of this is that you don't have to send this grandiose message to just your friends and family or it doesn't this this love belonging and worthiness that you want to send out to the world doesn't have to be reserved just for your close contacts I think if we all could be that for everyone it would change the world and again it's not it doesn't take a whole lot I'm not asking you to pretend like every stranger is your best friend and ask them their deepest darkest secrets that's not what this takes what this takes is simple it's it's actually being in the interactions in front of you if someone's in front of you that should be a trigger to say okay nothing else matters you know my phone is down all the thoughts that I'm having about what I need to do next gone what happened in the past gone I'm fully here right now what does this person need for me what they want a hundred percent of the time is to feel loved worthy and as if they belong okay how can I do that how can I do that here right and that's it goes it's a hundred percent of the time for a hundred percent of the people that you interact with it doesn't matter it's I think we get distracted and confused because we enter these roles we enter the employee the the boss the customer the clerk the yoga teacher the yoga student we we become these roles and that for some reason isolates us and allows us to go into this autopilot and the autopilot makes us believe that all we have to do is do our job there's no room for connection there's no room or time or space to fully be present because we got to get whatever it is done and that's the most important thing but we all know we all know I hope you know that connection and relationships are the number one factor when it comes to living the most healthy and fulfilling life like 
you should everyone's all about I want to eat healthy and work out like that's the number one thing we hear about health overall health when in reality eating eating <laughs> that's not what I meant uh, smoking a pack of cigarettes a day is equivalent to being lonely so you're you're better off finding healthy relationships finding connections in your life over changing your diet and and starting to work out start with your quality of connections your quality of relationships and again that goes to your coworkers. that goes to strangers you interact with that also goes for your friends and family absolutely um but i think the best thing that you could do at any moment is just be fully present one last thing that i'll add in here is that something that I've learned. I obviously love to counsel people. I love to think deeply and share my my uh, lessons from my life with other people because I think we're, it's all relatable. I think that everyone's kind of going through a lot of the same things just in a different way or a different, you know, there's just a little bit different aspects to it. But I think at the underlying thing it's very we're all very similar and so I find myself or I used to find myself I still do it but I used to find myself all the time just sharing what I believe about that situation my my ideas my solutions and what I found is that and through like observation and everyone else is that we and and research is Oftentimes, most of the time, people don't want your advice. What people want is to feel loved and as if they belong and worthy. So really what they're asking you, even if someone like a close friend or family is coming to you with something really hard, all that person really wants is to feel loved and worthy and like they belong and that they're going to be okay. And so... My advice to you is, unless, what I do, I'm not even going to give you advice. You didn't ask for it. This is so funny. Okay, so my advice to you, no, I can't say that. My advice to myself or what I live by is that if no one asks for my advice, I'm not going to give it. If they're not asking for me to weigh in on their situation, I'm not going to. And so instead... I, I mean, I still want to love them. I still want to be there for them. I still want to, you know, do what I can when they're hurting. And so what I do instead is I validate and reflect. I validate and reflect. So when they come to me with something hard, I'll say, man, that sounds so hard. It sounds like you're going through this, 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 and this. Man, that's hard. Is there anything that I can do for you? Is there anything that I can do to help? Is there anything I can do to support you? Right? Like, that's what people want. They don't want, well, if you just did this, and like, I mean, I don't know why you haven't tried this, or like, have you tried this? Or like, if you did this, this would really help. That's not what people want. They really don't. Even if you can see it so much clearer than they can because you are on the outside, people don't want that. They just want to be seen. They want to be heard. They want to be seen and they want to be heard. So 
how you do that is you reflect it back to them because then they know you're listening and you validate it. You say, man, whatever they're experiencing, that's really sad. I can't imagine going through that. That sounds like it's really, really hard. You're going through it right now. Like that is like an, a hug to the insides when you do that to someone. You're literally going in their heart and giving it a hug because what you're saying to them is, I hear you, I see you, I'm with you in this. You're not alone and I'm actually listening. People, if we took anything away from this episode, people just want you to listen and we think that we're listening. We think we're listening. We think we're listening when we give advice. I really do believe that we have good intentions when we're giving advice. We think that in order for them to feel like we're listening, we have to give them our advice because that means that we've taken it in, digested it, applied our experience and our knowledge, and are now giving them our best, you know, attack at it. But in reality, what we're doing there is we're not actually listening. We're listening for ourselves we're self-motivated we want to feel like we have um, some solution for them to make us feel better like we've done something good when in reality listening doesn't require that listening all that takes is like I said validate reflect and maybe ask if you can do anything to help and if they do ask for advice Absolutely, you can give it, but make sure you give it in a way that's not self-motivating, right? Take yourself out of the situation. Don't have any, like if this situation that they're asking you about is somehow going to influence you or affect you, make sure that you first check yourself and, and take that out of it. Take that portion out of it because this is that person's life and that person's decisions and their experience that you're influencing. And so make sure that Like anytime I give advice now too is like, I always caveat it. I always say like, this is just my personal experience. You guys have heard me say this a million times on the podcast, but I believe this. Like I have a perception that's different from every single other person's perception on this planet. None of our perceptions are the same because we've all been through things that are different in, in even if they are similar in a way, like I was talking about before, they have different aspects to them that have made our perception meaning the way that we see the world and interact with the world and desire things from the world are all different. So what is going to ultimately serve me is different than what someone else wants. You know what I mean? So like what someone else wants out of that situation is going to be different than what I want out of that situation. Therefore would change what I would do in that situation and what that person would do in that situation. You know what I mean? So all my advice is subjective. This is what I would do. This I always say that. This is what I would do. This is what would feel good to me. Um, if I was in this situation, this is what I would do. But dude, like it's ultimately up to you. I know it's hard to hear that because sometimes you just want someone to, to do it for you because that seems like the only thing that's doable is to just kind of hand it off. And I've had moments like that in my life. But ultimately, the only person that can decide what's best for you and what you need in this moment is you. The only person. Because God put all of the thoughts, desires, wants, needs, hurts, and situations. He put all of those specific things in your specific life. And therefore, the only person that knows all of the facts 
is you. Even if someone spent their entire lives right next to you, they still wouldn't know everything there is to know about you. They don't feel those gut feelings. They don't feel um, all of the joy that you get from a certain situation. They don't. They don't. The only person that does is you. And so whenever I give advice, I always make sure that that is, that is the caveat. And I know being someone that really, I'm just going to wrap this up, but being someone that really loves to give advice, it's hard. It's hard to stop. It's hard to catch myself in the moment before I do. And, and it, it was difficult, but then this also comes back. I think I did an episode on this that about friendships, maybe or control. Like you literally can't, you're not here to, I firmly believe you are not here to change or control anyone else but you. I don't think that you can change anyone but yourself. I think that if you want to, if you do want to change somebody, the only way that you can do that is by setting a example in your own life and hoping that they follow suit. Even then you can't, you can't like be a hundred percent certain that they're going to follow suit, but that's really the only impact that you can have on anyone um, is your own example, is your own life example. And so I guess in a way in my life, I've said, okay, so I can't, I'm not going to give advice anymore unless I'm asked. So that means I'm really, you'll, you'll be surprised that you're really not asked a whole lot. Um, as much as you have been getting advice, it's a lot less than that. (laughs) And so what I've said to myself is, okay, the advice I would give to somebody else, I'm going to take myself and I'm going to just act as if my example is my advice, right? Like if anyone wants my advice, they can just look at the way that I live my life. You know what I mean? That's so powerful because then you put the responsibility back on yourself and you put all of that accountability and, and back on yourself. And I think it's so healthy because then all of a sudden, man, I'm going for it right now. (laughs) It's just flowing. But, uh, one last thing. (laughs) Oh, but I think this is powerful because when we do try to change or control other people, it's just a disaster. It's so unhealthy. It's really unhealthy because when they don't change, we start to resent them and we take it personally as if they don't love us because they're not doing it. That's not the truth. That's not the truth. Nobody can change unless they want to change and it comes from them. And so even, even if you know what's best for them and if, even if you've told them a million times that if they just did this, that they'd be better off, they're not going to do it because it hasn't come from them yet. And so all you can do is be that beaming example and accept them fully for who they are in this moment and, and, then, and then hope that they follow suit. Hope that they look at your example and say, wow, that actually looks better than what I'm doing right here, right now. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden you can take that resentment and that, um, what would I say? Like, you're not anybody else's mom. Like even, I think even like with Rogan, I'm going to do the same thing. Yes, of course I'm his mom in some aspects, but like I can't do everything for him. Like I can't change him unless he wants to change. I can't. So my example will be that for him. 
And yes, of course, when he's little, I will be giving him more advice because, I mean, he's little and he can't do it yet. But when he does get to the point of having his whole frontal lobe or all of his brain together and he is able to make those decisions on his own, I'm definitely going to be sure to put that in his own hands and make sure he feels empowered and knows that nobody can make decisions for him the way that he can. And that the only person that he needs to rely on and and feel good about is him. And when he does that, he'll be ultimately serving every single other person. So essentially, this podcast morphed into something. It totally wasn't. All I wanted to tell you guys was that the person on the other side of any, any interaction that you're having wants to feel loved, valued, as if they belong, as if they're heard and they're seen. And so if you can just... Take a moment in your day to just be like, okay, I'm not, I need to get all this stuff done, but I will get all of this stuff done even if I'm fully present in it, right? I don't think, I think we have this misconception that if we're present in something that it takes more time. It doesn't. You're still there. You're still having to do the dang thing. You still have to get the groceries. You still have to check out. It doesn't take any more time to look the person in the eye and, and start a conversation while they're doing the thing that they have to do in order for you to get out the door, right? You're not doing anything. You're just standing there. So take your head out of your phone and and give them full presence and all of a sudden you are getting so much out of that interaction and so are they and the same result came from it, right? You still got your groceries in your car and you're headed home. Same thing with driving home. You know, like those in, those interactions that you're doing daily, brushing your teeth, showering, like I've talked about, these trigger moments to come back into the present moment, they don't slow down or, or you know, I think that's the ego wanting to say, well, we can't, we can't be present because we got to get it done. It's like, it's still going to get done. And I would argue that it's going to get done in a, a much more quality way when you do have presence. Like it's not going to take you more time. I think it's going to actually maybe take you less time because you're going to actually be there fully and be more effective because you're going to be making decisions in real time and interacting with your life in real time and have every ounce of you on board. So your ego wants to tell you that you need to rush through things in order to get them done effectively, but I would argue the opposite. You need to be fully present if you actually want to get what you want to get out of this life. All right, that was a lot. I'm driving and I hope it's not super annoying, all the noises, but I mean, I'm a mom now and I have to just take what I can get. So yeah, thank you guys so much for being here. I love the shit out of you and just keep going, keep going.